On this episode, we get into Hive Interactive, the pledge manager by board gamers for gamers. We get to talk about Vesuvius Media and how they started the Hive Interactive platform and how it helped Andrew with his deliverance project and why he switched from backer kit to Hive. Let's get into it. Game begin. Let's go. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Facebook ad, Facebook ad, Facebook ad. That's awesome. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. I am your host, Andrew Lowen, and I am joined, as always, by Sean and not Rick this week, but instead, we have a much better looking version of Rick in Constantinos Manos, uh, <laughs> except you won't be able to hear, you won't be able to see his face. You can only hear his voice. And Rick has the most beautiful sounding voice um, in the world. So good luck filling his shoes this week, Constantinos. Um, he is a, Constantinos is just a master of so many things. But uh, let, let me just, you know, frame the topic before I ask him to introduce himself. The, the topic we wanted to cover is Hive Interactive as a pledge manager and the problem with pledge managers just in general. And so uh, with that said, Constantinos, um, would you please introduce yourself and share you know, what makes you an expert on this topic and some of your experience? Expert. Probably the, 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 the amount of thousands of dollars we have lost. That's how you become an expert in something nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> you just pay for it. And then you know how to not make these mistakes. So yeah. I'm uh, wearing uh, two hats. Uh, uh, from one hat, uh, I'm actually CEO of Vesuvius Media. We're a board game publisher. Actually, we consider ourselves a Kickstarter company. That's how we call it, uh, which means that we rely, at least at the beginning, heavily on Kickstarter campaigns. We have run so far 18 successful ones. We're, uh, we're in the process of uh, manufacturing, delivering the 19th, hopefully again on time, most of them. And uh, it took us about seven, eight years. Uh, we have been down that path. The during this process of uh, preparing, developing, marketing, presenting to Kickstarter, funding, manufacturing, delivering to backers, uh, we've made lots of mistakes. We needed a lot of support. We we're looking at things around in the industry to figure out how to fill holes, and uh, we pretty soon realized that. Uh, we spend more time not designing and developing a game rather than everything else that is involved to get mm-hmm. it produced, de- uh, produced and delivered to the backer. So there is a whole uh, set of things, and there are so many pitfalls and risks there. And we made so many mistakes, <laughs> and we lost thousands of dollars as I said <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, and it took us about three or four years to pretty much find the process, refine the each and every step, and for, as far as we're concerned, create the necessary tools to support our journey. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, Hive was initially created. Uh, it um, I have a background in uh, software engineer. I have a PhD in computer science. Uh, as a company, we started with online games back in the days before we switch to board games. So we have technology and infrastructure already to create um, powerful uh, web portals and uh, applications. So we tapped into that uh, as soon as we realized that whatever existed already in the industry was not enough. It was, it's, we could find three, four, five, six, seven different tools, each one covering one small part of what we needed. But that didn't make sense at the, in the end. We wanted one platform that can cover, if not all of our needs, most of our needs, so that it streamlines the process and makes everything mm-hmm. easier to follow and makes sure that mistakes do not happen. Yeah. Uh, so that's how Hive was created. In uh, Hive, we started initially as uh, a pledge manager tool that uh, has some extra features that most of the pledge managers do not. Then... Uh, we moved to a customer support ticketing mechanism. Then we moved to a CRM. Then we moved now to freight management, to warehouse management. So it, it constantly grows to become a platform that can help uh, any board game publisher pretty much computerize their entire process. 
Uh, and these are the, the things that we have wanted to do, and this is, and this is how we start. For the first uh, four years of Hive, it was uh, between uh, uh, a family of creators. It was a closed uh, uh, portal slash platform that uh, only if you knew us, you could have access to it. And then uh, last year, to actually January 2023, we decided to go public and then open it up. That's where we met you <laughs> and the other really cool creators because we realized that we started having way more requests about accessing the platform. So we decided, okay, let's go public. And uh, now we're trying to help as many people as we can and uh, bring them to, to the other side of how yep. things are being done. <laughs> so so Hive has been active for four or five years now? Uh, five, so years, five, five years. Five years. At least five years. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you, you pandemic, guys are also it's, it's the pandemic that messes things up like those two years <laughs> of the pandemic like they feel like 20 so I'm trying to remember exactly to the mind in my mind but yes it's about yeah. five six years that uh, we have been uh, we have been using it uh, uh, three or four companies who have been using it as a pledge manager and then in the last uh, two three years it uh, it has been upgraded a lot to become a platform with way more tools inside that's us. amazing so, yeah. yeah and uh, one other thing that I personally know about you is that, so am i correct or am i incorrect you designed the national website for greece uh that conducts elections uh, the first version yes and that's one of the things like uh, when i first started as I, I was a computer engineer i worked for the one of the then the biggest uh, software house in greece then i worked for uh, one of the biggest uh tv stations there as their uh internet uh manager so i have gone through then uh, i switched to mobile games uh, we created a game with uh, alpha dog games which is a local uh, studio for game forge with millions of players so we have technology behind that yeah now one thing i really like about this and about about hive in general is you um with a period at the end of that statement <laughs> because the mind behind a pledge manager or any anything that's web-based, you know, a web-based application, that's what it is. A pledge manager is a web-based application. You access it on your web browser. It's like a website that does complicated things on the inside. And uh, I find that organization is the most important thing and vision as well. Um, I always actually go back to, you know, the number one thing I think about when I think about web-based application is battle.net. Um because battle.net, yes. which many people listening to this should know about, is the reason that Blizzard became very, very famous. And um, so it, it really started out as a matchmaking system that allowed people, I want to say it started in StarCraft 1 or Diablo 2, some, something, maybe it's Diablo 1. Um, but that system, some guy, and I say, quote, air quotes, some guy that was the reason for the success of the company Blizzard, the one guy was the reason he figured out how to pair people on a single computer that was in an office somewhere and then tether them together and then use that connection that they had and, and actually host a game locally from one of their two computers that they were playing. So if two people were playing together, they would get the matchmaking would happen on this single workstation and then it would get kind of handshaked off so that the, the load of the game and the, the thinking that the server had to do was actually being conducted on one of their their computers. So it turned this this brain, you know, which people have, you know, there are massive server rooms that are huge around the world that are pretty much the place you would like to be in the event of a zombie apocalypse. They're that secure. Um, this this one guy found a way to take a single workstation that was valued at three thousand dollars and like get a global player base to uh, to actually be able to play together, um, which I find absolutely incredible. But it was just, I mean, it was it was the mind of someone who was very well educated and, and experienced and also kind of visionary. And uh, I call them unicorns. People like this are, I, I call unicorns, where they have Sometimes so many different skill sets. It's a matter of perspective. And mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a point of view. Sometimes you just, we, we use the, expression think out of the box but uh, sometimes it's just that you don't think out of the box you don't see the box at all or yeah. you see things in different way or you understand the need so the, especially in the concept of hive the 
there is a huge difference between Pledge Manager.com, PackerKit, and uh, other Pledge Manager, CrowdOx before. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say something. I'm going to add game found later on that. Uh, between Hive and uh, the, these Pledge Manager that I, I mentioned, because none of these people are running campaigns. Mm-hmm. We live and die with our tools. So yeah. if this is not operating at a thousand percent capacity, we are losing first. Uh, so we are creators, and this tool is from creators for creators, and mm-hmm. that will always give us an advantage because we are here, we are exposed, we run one campaign after the other campaign, and we know what we need and we know mm-hmm. how to evolve. And that's yep. why we see most of these uh, tools out there being the same in the last five, six, seven years. Maybe yep. they added another export feature, but that's about it because they are focusing only on a very specific set of services, how they perceive them or how they hear. It's not mm-hmm. the same thing to listen to somebody else and create like a, if uh, I also have worked uh, about two decades in creating webshops for people. So I can create a webshop and can have you who sell board games describe me your needs and then me as a developer come with what I think you may may work for you. It's a different thing. Me being a board game shop and creating yep. a webshop for me rather than somebody else explaining me their needs and me trying to f- to imagine what will solve and what will cover them. Mm-hmm. So yep. when you are within, when you are dancing, you know what you need to do. Now, yep. and I said GameFound, I'm gonna leave it on the on the side because yep. GameFound has awakened realms behind and they are also exposed in the crowdfunding. The difference between GameFound's experience and everybody else's is that not everybody's Awakened Realms. And it is dumb (laughs) to assume that whatever works for the big companies, Cool Mini, Awakened Realms, it's going to work for you that you're trying to gather a 1,000, 2,000 buckets and you have no idea how to do that. Okay, so if you're going with the tactics of the big companies, you're going to fail miserably and you're going to lose a crap lot of money. So again, say, like Amazon.com, you know, exactly. you don't want to do SEO like Amazon.com does SEO. Exactly. Uh, so not only you don't want to, you don't have the capacity. When Amazon.com right. went for a decade at minus 10 million per month loss, mm-hmm. so that now have 60% of the, this is not the same business model and people mm-hmm. need to add, to realize that. Right. We did these mistakes again when we were starting. We were looking what the big guys do. Let's go to this. Doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. You have to go slowly and you have to, to use the tools that apply. When you become big, probably you will have grown hive and you will need something else. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe you can hire somebody to do your own custom yeah, dashboard. Exactly, you know? exactly. Well, <laughs> at that point, then you have different needs. But mm-hmm. uh, that was the perspective. Like uh, when we started, we looked, we evaluated things out there and they were not enough. Either they had extremely high fees without explain what uh, either they were uh, presenting information already in a shady way and we didn't like that like i can see you're trying to trick me why <laughs> like why are you saying uh oh zero setup fee but i have a campaign fee so you just rebranded yeah. the setup fee to campaign fee is that what we're doing now we're playing mm-hmm. with words oh roas is this roas is that uh, this is the big one this is the small one and Mm-hmm. You don't feel comfortable when right. you already see that other people are trying to misrepresent themselves. And then you see tools that have been the same since a decade ago. The same are They started now changing because game found, because mm-hmm. backer kit. Things need to evolve. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Kickstarter is trying also to find uh, its own place. And uh, personally, from the crowdfunding platforms out there, I believe it has a different perspective and a different culture. And uh, I respect it way more than others. Okay, I, I know that creators will always ask new features and Kickstarter is trying to add. And now you have GameFound giving a crap lot of features. But at some times and some points, a parent needs to say no to the kids. Yeah. We've seen what happens if you follow and you say yes to every single feature the creators are asking. It's right. called the go-go. Failed miserably. Oh, yeah. So, yes, stretch pay. Is it good? Can you give me numbers? If I give something and make it available, people will use it. Yep. If it's not available, how many will I lose for the people? None. Mm-hmm. Maybe 0.05%. But when you stretch pay it, then you have four 
points of failure. We have mm-hmm. one charge from Kickstarter at the end of the campaign, and that fails at two or three percent. Now you're gonna try to charge the same card four or five times. Yeah. Like a, yeah. And this are, this is has nothing to do with crowdfunding. Now it comes my webshop experience. Mm-hmm. I've built many webshops behind. We know that when we do installments, it makes and makes not sense. Again, installments for what? If I have a $30 game, I'm not going to bring more people because if I have a $1,000 game, yes, maybe. But mm-hmm. again, we are crowdfunding. We are pledging. We are not a webshop. We are not a store. It's a thin line you're trying to, to pass through and go from one place to the other. Yeah. There is a culture. We mm-hmm. need to respect and keep the culture because that's the one that separates from Amazon. Yep. If Kickstarter of Game Fund tomorrow becomes Amazon, then it becomes Amazon. It is not for us. It is not mm-hmm. crowdfunding. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I, uh, this week and last week, I've really, really thought hard about Kickstarter versus GameFound as a pledge minute or as a platform for deliverance. So deliverance is the type of game that we're actually, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. For the expansion. So we're, we're going to launch an expansion. The plan date is, um, actually in September and, um, we are, you know, so we had to figure out Kickstarter or GameFound. And we thought, I thought through this, you know, in, in depth and whatnot, but, um, we decided on Kickstarter, um, and, and GameFound was offering a lot of great incentives, a lot of really good incentives that expire, you know, pretty much by the time this podcast, um, airs, they'll be expired. Or maybe you could, you know, send a message to Alex Radcliffe begging him to, you know, have like a week to decide or whatever. But, um, in general, they're going to offer you like 5% of whatever um, you raise on the first day as a fee, you know, as like a marketing bonus where you get to spend that on anything you want, Board Game Geek or Facebook ads, whatever. Um, and then up to $30,000, then they'll send you like an email blast and they'll give you like a rotating banner for free. It's like $1,500 value and other things like that. And that, so um, those incentives, I was talking with a creator and we decided on Kickstarter because GameFound has, so Kickstarter has organic traffic. That is the thing that Kickstarter has over GameFound. Which is organic traffic. Huge. Yes. And, and another thing very built important. over more than a decade. Yes. And, and then they have the name recognition as well. So the name recognition is really important for people that back campaigns sometimes, but not all the times, or maybe not recently. And then even beyond that, um, Deliverance had a high percentage of people that had never backed a Kickstarter before. I say high. I mean, it's 15%. About 15% of Kickstarter's backers had never backed before. Um, and that um, lack of familiarity people have, but you know, I, I find that others are able to teach them, others in their circle are able to teach them how to jump on Kickstarter. Um, it's going to be easier to get somebody. So I decided it's going to be easier to get a consumer to adopt Kickstarter as a platform than it will be to get them to adopt GameFound as a platform. Now, the things that GameFound has going for it, it's, it's, um, basically what I would call, um, non organic forced traffic, um, which is not a bad thing. They're spending a lot on, um, running ads for various campaigns. You know, they've got a limited number of campaigns that are all kind of big, chonky, you know, $100 products that are, um, you know, deep with a lot of story or whatever, and you know, all they, of them from minis. established creators. Yes. All from established creators. Newbies on game found, they die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So it's, so it's, you have to bring your own traffic. Maker. If, if that campaign was not on game found and it was in Kickstarter, could be possibly have done better. With that's, the, the, that's the big question that holds a lot of people back. Spending that much money. And I can see a conflict of interest when they say that we're going to spend the 5% of the first two days uh, uh, ads. The 5% is their fee. It's still right. your money. They just don't take a fee <laughs> to bring more people to their platform. Mm-hmm. They are not yes. investing. Again, like I have no problem, but just come and say, we're going to waive our fee to try to bring you more people. Like, mm-hmm. you are winning too. 
It's not you giving me something. You, you don't take five. You, you don't say I'm gonna match your five percent. I'm gonna match your initial two days marketing mm-hmm. budget, and I'm gonna bring you more. Now that now now you're investing in my project. Right. I think that's kind of what they did last year. They picked they cherry picked certain creators, and uh, you know their goal is to show revenue increase, and they they were able to more than double their revenue from I want to say the year 2022. Was like 50 million raised. 2023 was like 109 million raised on GameFound. So their goal is to just grow. And I, th- you know, I know they have Ravensburger behind them as an investor and other things too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the problem that I, the other problem that I saw with GameFound was it seemed mutually exclusive to every other pledge manager. So it's it's in in kind of my view, it doesn't have to be. But it seemed like if I chose GameFound as a pledge as a um, a crowdfunding campaign, uh, a place to launch my my campaign, I wouldn't be able to use Hive. And that's actually was a big problem to me because GameFound has a, a pledge manager. It's all, you know, kind of mixed, married together. And, uh, you know, if I used GameFound, it would be hard to not, you know, hard to say, okay, we're only using you for our crowdfunding, but not pledge management and and that kind of thing. Um, so that's, that's one thing. It wasn't like the biggest... Um, determining factor for me, but it was something I considered. And then the other piece of the puzzle was GameFound wants to hold all the cards in the end of the day in regard to your marketing, uh, which was kind of a problem for me. Like, uh, So what what to me, it, it meant for me choosing GameFound or Kickstarter was, do I go with status quo where I funded a project successfully and delivered it and have a little bit of um, establish, you know, established uh, base there? Or do I go to GameFound, which would represent New Frontier? I would have to tell people, yes, I funded a project on Kickstarter, um, but you know, everybody come use me on GameFound. Um, you know, it's going to be better. And uh, then I would have to start building kind of my reputation uh, to GameFound people. You know, like to GameFound creators. Whereas Kickstarter, I feel is a little bit more malleable with the types of people that go there. The uh, the larger um, audience that's familiar with it. GameFound represents to me the alpha gamers that buy the big projects that spend big money on things, and that that's actually a good thing. I think you know those are those can be our people, mm. um, but I just I felt like I I want to be in control. I want to be the one that manages my own email list. I want to you know I I don't want to kind of fall into the the I can kind of consider it a trap of um you know the fault like the notify me button and people you know anybody that follows on GameFound gets updates uh regardless of if they back or not um but i i felt like i want to control my email list it's the most valuable thing that any company will build is your email list um so i didn't want to kind of abandon that in favor of having people request for notifications um and and so like the process that we use for marketing all our stuff we send people to a landing page we get the email list or the email on, on our list. And then we, you know, continue on down and get them in our social communities. And that, that process, I felt like in some ways game found was, it was, it'd be nice to have that system added on top, but I felt like uh, the way that they're going, they want to kind of be the all in one, everything mm-hmm. company Kickstarter kind of too, but um, I don't know. I just, all, yeah. all this added up together. Kickstarter so far doesn't. Uh, it is very specific what they do. They do one thing, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Crowdfunding. And they're partnering with other companies, like they're, kind they're of partnering. They partner with Jellop to say, you know, we have marketing too, guys. You know, because GameFound has a market internal marketing team. They partnered with some pledge management or Easy Ship, like shipping company for logistics, to say, oh, we have logistics. If you want to make it easy, and a lot of people are just like, I just want to make games and you know, make the rest easy. And those people should sign their games with other publishers. But um, yes. I, I find that it's, um, it's not the other like... The thing that I could also question is, I don't know, uh, the numbers that uh, GameFound is uh, reporting, some of them do not add up. I have to, to say that and put it out there. Okay, so... But one thing I really want to get into, uh, Constantinos, is uh, the fact that you've really brought us on board to really um, troubleshoot or just give you suggestions. And it's been really interesting to just see you implement some of the things that, you know, some of the frustrations we've had with different pledge managers, and then you've actually implemented them into Hive and you've made these things, 
much easier for us. And I think this comes back to this kind of philosophy that not uh, you are a publisher making a pledge manager for other board game publishers. And it's the same with us for crowdfunding nodes. We're not just a marketing agency. We also mm-hmm. have a publishing arm with lowering games. So it's, it's, we have a similar philosophy, uh, I suppose. It's really as important you with, to with understand us. what people yeah. are going through because oh, we're going the, through it ourselves. The, right? the way, the way we grew everything and the way, uh, things have evolved and they're still evolving in a different path than the pledge managers is that we do not consider ourselves a pledge manager. We consider ourselves a, a platform that provides a set of tools. And you will see immediately a different culture within Hive as soon as you go start setting up uh, your projects. You're going to see that we look at this as a company that has needs. We don't view the process per project, which is what everybody else does. We view it per company. So you're going to immediately see that when you try to add the SKUs into our system, you add the SKUs at the company level and then you assign them to projects. Mm-hmm. You add shipping methods at the company level and then you assign them to projects. You add tax information at the company level and then you assign them to projects. So you already see a different approach because we view you as a company and we're here to provide you tools and uh, computerized methods per company. One of the things that you need is to run projects. One of the things that you need is to have customer support tickets so that you don't have to have Zendesk to mm-hmm. do customer support tickets. One or of the things email. Have, oh, yes. <laughs> or uh, one of the things that you have to do is to monitor your invoice so you don't have to pay a Zoho or another uh, external tool. One of the things that you have to do is pledge balancing. One of the things that you have to do is late pledging. One of the things that you have to do is uh, pre-ordering. One of the things that you have to do is run a campaign and you do not want four different URLs, four different products, four different setups for each and every of these processes. You want to spend your SEO and you spend your awareness to one URL and that URL changes, follows your campaign to every step of the way from pre-campaign until even final delivery. You want yeah. to have flexibility. You want to be able to do per item uh, shipping costs, but uh, per weight shipping costs. We have Bucket using per item uh, shipping method since it was uh, first created. Nobody in the industry does uh, per item unless it is drop shipping. Everybody mm-hmm. else, every quote you get from the industry is weight. So why do we do per item mm-hmm. here? We support both. You want mm-hmm. this one, you want that. We have surveys. Our survey mechanism is not answer questions and get, no, it is way more powerful. It is an mm-hmm. upsell tool. It, it modifies your pledge. It adds add-ons. It uh, adds uh, freebies. It, it is there for you because it is a powerful tool. When used correctly, you can do, you can provide a better experience to your backers and you can upsell. We are here. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the main, uh, the, the, at the end of the day, to give the best chance we can to our project, it's not a matter of who has more fields or who has more icons or who has mm-hmm. presents the information in a better way. At you know, I, honestly, I have the tools to do my job. Yeah, can I go? I, and in actually, one that's one of the reasons that I found you in the first place. Was yep. I? So I look. I just ran all my numbers. Um, you know, this last this week. And I gave a presentation on deliverance, how much it's made, where my marketing expenses were, and other things like that, which I'll share on the podcast here in, in you know, in a maybe in next episode or uh, so soon, um, because it's a great case study, and and I don't mind sharing exactly how much the project made and what where we went wrong, and where we went wrong. One of the big biggest things that stood out to me, and I certainly don't want to disparage. Uh, other companies, but I did not have a good experience. Um, when, you know, we, we funded on Kickstarter and then we locked in with Backerkit to, uh, you know, for our, our pledge management. Um, during that, that process, everything was going great. Uh, we had a great experience doing our pre-marketing. We made another 500 sales over the course of, of, you know, when we began manufacturing and then started, needed to start the shipping process. And then when I hit the export button, for what I mean, the export of my um, customers by like line item, like S, you know, by SKU, I received a jumbled mess that did not work. 
And that freaked me out because I have products that are about to go to um, like sail on ocean liners across the ocean to various um, shipping hubs around the world. And I don't have information that I can give those shipping hubs to say how many products we need, how many, um, you know, like of, of I mean, our, our t-shirts, when they were split, they split by line the size and then another line the type. And then sometimes they would just leave the size off. And then some of our backers would have deliverance, you know, uh, deluxe game quantity zero. And uh, it was like, wait this backer had a deliverance game and like the all in edition. So you can see the metal coins, the neoprene mat, the, the acrylic standees. And, um, but they do not have a game though. It's like this information seems like I'm really scared right now because, um, it just, it, something feels really, really wrong. I'm going to need to fix this. I actually went, went through and tried to work with what I received at first, uh, because, you know, as a creator, like I'm, I'm pretty decent with Excel. I'm not as as awesome as some other people, but I know my way around it. And I was able to go through and manually correct because the information in the backer kit system was correct. Like I could see that this backer had a a deliverance game in there, you know, that they pledged. But then when the export came out, there was quantity zero in the export. I didn't know why. And then um I I could see that this person had a Halo's large t-shirt only if I went in and clicked on the actual, you know, I kind of, um, backer kit gives you the ability to like pretend you're that backer and you go in and you see what choices they made. It's like, okay, they got a Michael shirt at size large, but the export only showed a Michael shirt. Um, it's like, man, this is, this is, it was actually really scary. I was very, very nervous because I felt like we were going to spend an unknown amount of money fixing this or, 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 you know, just solving problems. And I don't remember how, oh, actually it was uh, Tom Covert from the Board Game Revolution community. He uh, referred me over to you and uh, it was just, a, you were a godsend, you know? Um, and I, and you, you had like some kind of strong words for me. You were like, dude, and you, I mean, you were, you were nice, you know, but you're very Greek and Greek people just share like what's the truth, that. you know, and my wife's Greek too. <laughs> And, uh, and it was like, really like the color kind of drained out of my face. And like, you know, I remember feeling like this when I would get this, you know, when developing deliverance, I would get the truth just sent to me from somebody that was like saying what problems there were with the game experience, like the dice rolling makes it hard for me to concentrate. And, and I don't, I lose my place. And, and, and for me, like, you know, as a developer, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that means I'm going to need to rip the dice uh, apart and every single system in the game needs to change, which is four months of work. And I know this needs to happen and that this person's right. Well, that happened uh, with you where I'm like, I know Constantinos is right. I know that there's a problem, but I also recognize that I don't have the expertise to fix this and I'm on kind of on the clock. So my backers, they're going to get their project. Um, but am I going to like remain a company after this? I don't know because yeah. if I have to spend fifty thousand dollars on reshipping a bunch of stuff or freighting things around in a, in a different way, or maybe I didn't make enough product or whatever, that is something that I will not have a solid handle on with my current exported spreadsheet. That's a very basic functionality, like. I need to ship it to someone in the Philippines. I need to ship to people it in the U.S. Sounds, Please tell it me. It sounds basic. It yeah. is not as basic. Uh, it sounds basic when you are a creator and you have to deliver. And uh, well, you rely on we, these companies to know what they're doing, yeah, but, right? Uh, you just, no, no, but, you just uh, assume they, they know. You, ha <laughs> you have to see it in a different way. They don't know. They create a platform that has some features and then a creator comes and says, oh, I would like to have an export to for my shipping company, can I give me this information? And they create an Excel. Then the second guy might come, oh, I would like also another export. They give you another export. They have like two or three or four or five. Uh, but these are just per customer request. They are mm -hmm. not with a plan. They are not part of the industry. They do not know. They are assuming that what the creators are asking is correct. And mm -hmm. they, they reach when they have six or seven, now they have enough and 
creators stop asking because they find something that's almost what they need, they take it, and then they go on excel and try to tweak it. Mm-hmm. Us. The, we, we lost $8,000 in the first in the second campaign because we forgot a column when we sent it to the hub. So as soon as I realized what can happen wrong, I said, no, I want the system when I press a button, what I get, I email. And mm-hmm. if there's a mistake there, it's either the platform or the hub. Mm-hmm. Not me going adjusting numbers. Oh, no, this is missing. It's a one. Find all these guys, do two. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of the... And that's where I came to you and I told you, and that's why I use the strong words, like, you are going to lose. <laughs> and, yeah. the, the, and, and it's not only the money. The problem is that especially when you're starting or you're a creator and you want to create the feeling of uh, trust and that the feeling that you know what you're doing, uh, the people that are not happy are going to be posting more even if, if you have 5,000 buckets and you have a hundred that are disappointed, those mm-hmm. hundred are going to create so much buzz that yeah. you're going to feel like they are 4,900, not a hundred. <laughs> so the problems escalate and they become bigger, especially nowadays with social media. With right. uh, is a forum. You go yeah. and you comment and you say whatever you want. And then you just post on Facebook, on the Twitter, on, on everything. So... It's not just the money that you're losing. It's the entire experience. Right. So uh, that's one of the fundamental uh, uh, requests when we start building Hive was how can we have the system do the work for us? Right. So as soon as we debug it and we know it's done, it's done correctly, there's no way we can make a mistake. And how can we have the system do run a couple of regular checks to make sure that we haven't forgotten the price there, we haven't forgotten the shipping cost there. So one of the other of something like there, there was so small, so many small mistakes you can do left and right that if you multiply by five thousand backers, you can end up losing a lot of money. Yep. So that's what we're trying to do, and that's how Hive became slowly upgraded and slowly expanded to accommodate things that sound simple. Mm-hmm. But only if you are a creator and you do them every day and you understand their value. What I feel is that most of the creators that are using these platforms, they just settle with what they have because they don't feel like they can go also back to Hive and ask, can I have a a new... This doesn't work. Can I have a button that does this? Whereas with our creators, we're in constant communication because we are creators ourselves. And when they ask something... I can, with my own experience, tell them, sorry, but what you're asking is wrong because you're going to do this, this, and that mistakes if you go down that road. Mm -hmm. The correct way to think is that when you come to Hive, it forces you a little bit. The platform guides you to feel things the way you are going to have to have them later on so you do not make mistakes. In other, It's not, we finish the project, we gather the money, take the expos, figure it out yourself after that. No, we haven't finished. We're going to have a customer support system. We're going to have a replacement system. We're going to have a fulfillment system. We're going to have, you're going to have to import the tracking numbers into Hive so that everybody sees that they have delivered. You want to have a historical record. We are here. We don't stop. So Mm -hmm. when you are here, you understand, you need to understand the entire process. And that's what happens pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, It's a different uh... cultural approach on what a crowdfunding uh, set of, what kind of crowdfunding set of tools you actually need to go from zero to hero. Yep. Not for, ah, just pledge manager, or just late pledge. With Bucket, when they first started, and I don't know what the what state they have right now, I've seen it also with uh, your exports, when you have the pre-ordering system, different than the pledge manager system, and then you had somebody that paid in Kickstarter, in a pre-order, and in pledge manager. And those three, are different Excel exports. You're done. Yep. And you can consolidate. In Hive, it doesn't happen. Everything is one. And yes. And that's a huge deal. Thing. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's actually... We were able to actually debug your situation because we, yes. you remember like how many mistakes were so found in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And actually, I want to I want to encourage anybody listening that might be in a similar situation to me where you have a successfully funded project, you used another pledge manager, and you're like, I feel like I'm lost. Um, a lot of the time, I mean, you know, for me, I found that the help wasn't enough to fix my problem. Um, 
And the truth is that I didn't even know what the root cause of my problem was. Um, You you can go book a meeting with Constantinos, and I mean, if you use Hive, he can like you'll you'll pay for the privilege of uh, Constantinos to like revamp the whole system, fix something that was broken. Like my you know, in my situation, you really invested a lot of time. I'd say you put. Between the two of us, you you put at least forty hours into Excel spreadsheets um, during you know when yes. in order to fix what it is that we did. Um, but I saw it getting fixed. It was like okay, now there are only um, six hundred orders that have a problem. Uh, all right, there's you know these six hundred orders. Um, One hundred of them have a shipping disparity of three dollars. Why is that? Uh, so let's work on that one hundred and figure that out. If if Constantinos knows why. His programmer brain is going to be able to solve that problem. It's like, ah, you did this with those hundred and whatever. And so what what I did was I uh Backerkit was very free. I could do whatever I wanted on that platform. And uh I I did, you know, I I had um so one of the things we did was we put uh, you know, our Kickstarter uh game was $89 and the MSRP was going to be 99. And then um later later on down the road, I didn't want people to um to get the game for the same price as you could on Kickstarter. So after like this early period of late pledging on backer kit, I raised the price from 89 to $99. And that change that I made caused crazy amounts of trouble for me later because, you know, like when Constantinos got a hold of them, he was like, okay, you know, why are this game was 89? This was 149. This was 159 for your all in. Like why? And, and we had to figure out. You know, the system needed to understand why the numbers were that way. And so Hive system, there are more limitations. I would actually call them more safeguards in place exactly. to make so sure that when... The way to do that in the industry, mm-hmm. and now I'm not talking about... Now we're going to go to a web shop. We're going to go yep. to a company that has products and that sell them. When you say when you change the price, you will have to change something in your ERP system so that there is a historical record. The new priced product is essentially a new product. It could have the same SKU, but for example, if you're in a supermarket, you will have probably a new barcode. Mm-hmm. When they change the prices, you have to have a record. So what mm-hmm. happened with the way you did it is that there was no record left in backer kit. So uh, potentially, if a, if a backer came to change their pledge and make an adjustment, if they have paid previously 149, then they would be asked another 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. You, you were lucky it didn't happen because you changed the price when uh, also Bucket has yeah. different platforms. So you were doing well, the, the Kickstarter pledge. I, I yeah. ended up in essence making another uh, product and didn't exactly. realize that it was another product. And so I just gave them all to you. I'm like, all right, we sold 2000 deliverance deluxe games, mm-hmm. some of them at 89, some of them at 99, you know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine, right? I just need yeah. to export this. Um, yeah, so it was a lot more complicated than uh, well, I, p- I put it this way: I got myself into a lot more trouble than I realized. By you know, and, and every creator wants to make money. You know, like I recognize I need to be a profitable company in order to continue making games, and I need you know, and I love marketing this game, and we're making a lot of sales and and whatnot, and um, we're getting you know, we're, we're bringing revenue in and that's a really important thing. I didn't want to stop bringing revenue in because it didn't understand everything. Um, that's a mistake also, but at the same time, I didn't have any guidance. Like, I feel like, you know, if you, if you look at bowling, you know, when you have little kids go bowling, um, you put these bumper guards in place so they can't like their ball can't drop into the gutter, uh, so that they feel good. So they hit pins every time. And maybe you'll even give them a uh, one of those little slides where they can put their bowling ball on top of a slide and just push it off and they'll get strikes and you know all the adults are right next to them not doing as well and the kids having fun and whatever but it's because of those extra tools the bumper guard and the you know that slide and and whatnot yeah. and um so the, i feel that stop you from doing things and that's the difference with hive you you still can do the same things and more but when you do them you do them in a way where we know what you're going to have to face later. Mm-hmm. It's not, let's 
let's now get the 59 instead of 49. Yeah. That's yep. the easy thing. Allow you to change the price and go, no. No, because then when you're going to want the stat and when you're going to ask in the future, how many did buy in 49? How many did buy in 59? You won't be able to have that stat. Right. And it's an important stat. So making like, you might be thinking like, why do I need the stat right yes. now? Like they're both, it's just the number of games and it's the amount of money in my bank account, but yes. it actually matters. Like these things can come back to haunt you. Yeah, um, completely and immediately. So it was, uh, it, it was good. It was a blessing and it was fun working with you to, to fix this because it actually, uh, Prove to me how much of a more mess things went. I, I assumed <laughs> that at that point that they were still messy, but then yeah. <laughs> when I saw your project, I said, okay, <laughs> things have <laughs> not gotten better. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, you uh, know, the thing is that it is not only the pledge managing, it is your customer support. Now you're doing mm-hmm. everything through Hive with uh, one place. You log in in one place, your backers can go in a place, they can see the backer. You keep your record of information. You stop mm-hmm. talking to them with private messages to Kickstarter, with Facebook, with emails. No. Everybody here. Consolidating in one place was really, really important. We had hundreds of tickets that came through Hive that we were able to resolve and we were able to see the status. We were able to see, you know, change if if this one needed a response, I could say needs response if, you know, and it would send messages back and forth, which is really great. But I think the most important thing is that it left a record. It consolidated everything and was just another, another I mean, it was like a cherry on top of, of the cake or of the, whatever, the ice cream. Campaign, you have all this data yep. available to help you to the next one. So yep. if, when you start the next campaign, you can even see like, oh, this backer has already backed the previous one. He has opened those tickets. They are connected. Like you can see the information as being one thing, not mm-hmm. per project, not yep. looking to different platforms, not the, everything in one that makes sense, makes your life easier, our life easier. And that's the difference now. You see, mm-hmm. like, when you have to live with a tool, probably for years, yeah. it's not just run for three months a pledge manager, close a pledge manager, get paid, go. But you have that tool hive, people are going to be coming from pre-campaign until months after the delivery, because then they will have a missing item, they will have a damaged item, everything. Mm-hmm. This is your project, your project's yeah. timeline is at least a year and a half. Like I don't think that anybody can do it faster. Like mm-hmm. We are doing it around a year and a half, and I think we're the fastest in the industry right now. Mm-hmm. Usually it's anywhere from a year and a half to two years. So you uh, you can't have... The people will request like, things like a missing for, uh, part or... For uh, three weeks, and mm-hmm. then you have a pledge manager that is a tool for uh, four weeks. There's, there's, there's a pre-order. Then you go to your webshop, then you go to your... <laughs> and then... Yeah. Okay, you, Amazon don't maximize, and you don't maximize the effectiveness of your product. Yeah. And that's what we saw as creators, the yeah. need that we had, and then adjust it accordingly and have yeah. so, people growing. Andrew, I know one thing when you explained Hive to me, you, you seem to be quite stoked about the freight and shipping. Do you want to quickly just tell folks about the features there quickly? Yeah, yeah. So actually, this is this is something that um, I could I have a question for you, Constantinos, after this. But um, the first thing is what I what I came to Hive for was that I decided on various vendors that I wanted to use for warehouses like Aetherworks in Australia. Uh, we were going to use GameQuest. You know, uh, GamesQuest does a lot of uh, they they refer customers to us, and I wanted to use GamesQuest um, and. Uh, you know, a couple of like VFI Asia bridge in, in the U S you know, and I just needed the export to work. I just needed to like all of my, you know, everybody in the, in great Britain and in the, you know, in the EU, that spreadsheet needed to go to games quest. And I just wanted it so that, that when I export, when I press the button to get the spreadsheet and sent it to games quest, I just wanted them to say, this is very clear information. Your cost is going to be that. Um, I didn't want them to come back and say, ah, we need this information, that information. What is the, the, the size of your boxes, the height of your game, you know, in millimeters? Actually, we need it in centimeters. Oh, we need it in inches, you know? Um, you know, and I didn't, I didn't want all of those questions coming from, which I was getting from all of the various, uh, companies. Oh, yeah, we need this information. We need that information here. This address is jumbled. You know, it's garbled with, you know, the export is garbled, you know, all of the special characters that you ever made, 
um, you know, from all of your European backers. Like every German has this this B that they that they do. It's that sense. was, yeah, it it's it sense. just <laughs> okay, yeah. So I just didn't like none of that came out correct, and I couldn't make it happen. So I just wanted to press the button and get the thing that worked. And after the work with Constantinos, that happened. I was able to organize by country, say like, oh, you know, these countries are shipping out from VFI Asia, like South Africa and Singapore and, you know, Indonesia and Japan and whatever. These these countries are all, you know, like I can assign them one at a time and I can see which countries are not yet assigned that have data. So it's like, oh, I didn't assign Thailand yet. It's like, okay, I have backers in Thailand. The system's telling me that that nation is unassigned. Who do I want to assign it to? Well, obviously, VFI Asia is going to do Thailand and China and whatever. And so um, all, of those, all of those countries get assigned. All the backers that are in those countries get exported, and they get exported in the format that VFI Asia needs, that GamesQuest needs, that Bridge needed, that you know, all of these, all of these uh, you know, Aetherworks and everything. And it all worked really really seamlessly. It took a lot of effort to get there because of the mess that I made. But once we cleaned it up and Constantinos, you were, you were such a blessing. Like you really helped clean that stuff up. Um, we were able to, to really, really leverage that. And honestly, if I, if I had known about this before, you also have other things that you do in addition to this, like in addition to the quality of life stuff that helps me get my, you know, I mean, you've got the customer support, you've got the, you know, the shipping exports that are good. You've got the organization that, that I, that, you know, just is good. Uh, but you've also got a really cool, uh, pre-ordering system we've used for, uh, you know, um, to sell lots of products and whatnot. And then you've got, um, what was there? There was like, uh, there are so many other things, but, um, I guess Probably just a robust uh, survey mechanism, which is way better than uh, anything out there, where you can yes. use it actually to present an upsell. You can be like a, a last line of defense and explain to your buckets better. And uh, we do have incorporated uh, freight information for the because we do the consolidation service. So mm -hmm. again, we are now creators. When you are in Hive, you are part of the Hive. Freight's a big you deal. Are, you are not alone anymore. And the yeah. difference is that because we're creators, we are using all those things. Like we are using the same hubs that you are using. Mm -hmm. It is not a partnership agreement where I'm getting paid to send you customers. If tomorrow the hub is not operating correctly, then I'm going to leave and I'm going to take you with you and we're going to go to someplace else because mm -hmm. we're 50 creators right now and everybody's deciding to risk something else. We are going to find, oh, this guy is working with mm -hmm. these guys and they're better. So yep. everybody flock there. Yep. So the idea is that's, that, uh, that's kind of what happened with Bridge, right? You, yeah. you were like, all right, I don't know about this Bridge company, but let's see how it goes. And yes. it ended up being real smooth. It, and it now what for you? Then everybody left QML. We came to Bridge. Yep. So to, to, like, the, the idea is that everybody needs to risk. But uh, if everybody risks on one thing and gets nine risk-free options because somebody else risks on them, then again, you mitigate problems. You yep. mitigate losses and we consolidate together so right now we're 20 so we pretty much have every one month or two months freight containers leaving from china directly to us and you so if you have three pallets and you ship them on your own it's gonna be a thousand dollars per pallet you put yeah. those pallets in a 40hq container along with my cbms your cbms his cbms then suddenly we drop the prices by half mm -hmm. so it is strength in numbers in more than one occasion and the reason we have, we are optimized with this and we have the exact uh, export that each of these hubs need is because we are working with them. <laughs> like, uh, that's it. And the, we, we listen, we talk with the creators. And if you have a new idea, if you have a new proposal, we're going to explore, we're going to expand and we're going to keep on going. That's the idea here, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and, uh, now I have a question for you. There's something this was very, very complicated for me. Um, so you're talking about freight and, and things like that. This is something I actually don't, I don't know because we had a logistics person that kind of, that I kind of, uh, contracted with to help me. Um, that actually doesn't really, doesn't really do that anymore. They work, you know, they've got five children now. They, they're mm. working full time. They don't really have the time to do that. I know they probably would if I begged them, but, um, you know, take, take my project on again, but things like that and, um, importing and freight uh, can be very complicated. 
Yes. Do you, do you help? Are, are you like kind of a, can you act as like a VAT agent? So if I wanted to import to Germany, um, yes. can you help with so doing as, things uh, like that? So we already have an EU company. We have a US company. We have a Canadian company. And the reason we did that is so that when we import and when we move things, we handle the process completely without third parties, uh, agencies or anybody else, keeping the costs as low as possible. So because every time you uh, involve somebody else, they will add a fee and then another fee and then another yep. fee and then another fee. And then you end up with uh, $12,000 to move a container from China to Europe. <laughs> yeah. So in this case, yes, we do handle pretty much uh, most of the stuff and we guide you on how to handle the rest. So, yep. for example, when you are talking about um, VAT in uh, Europe, there are two different types of VAT. It's the import VAT to go inside Europe, and then it's the VAT you have to pay for your backers within mm -hmm. the uh, European Union. This is the OSS uh, type of uh, situation, one-stop shop that uh, they have created in EU. And those two need to be complementary, like a you're going to have an amount that you have to pay for all your backers, but you pay in a prepaying amount during imports, so you pay only the difference. Yep. So the second part, the OSS, has been, you need to have an accountant, you need to hire somebody to do it, because they have to open a VAT for your company within EU and remit the VAT. But the first part that has the import VAT, we handle ourselves, and we bring the games legally and then mm -hmm. we give you the necessary receipts so that you can remit and you can balance things out and yeah. we can guide you through this uh, process and you can figure out exactly what works and what doesn't work for you not everybody needs to remit VAT there are some thresholds that if you have a small project you don't uh, pass them import VAT everybody's gonna pay there is no way you can import without VAT but the rest of the VAT like, unless you do 10,000 euros in some countries or it's like the states every state has their own uh, stuff yeah. every the same thing happens in uh, Europe. So we can help you guide those uh, waters. Very good. Constantinos, this all sounds amazing. I, I'm sure all of this costs an, an arm and a leg. <laughs> yeah. Can you just let our listeners know what, what is your fee structure? What does your pricing okay. look like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very simple. As far as uh, <laughs> the pledge budget is concerned, we have uh, two packages. It's one 3%, uh, a 3% rate of whatever money we collect within our platform. So we do not touch your Kickstarter money. We don't have anything to do with that. We don't touch it, no matter what. So whatever we collect, you upsell, and whatever passes through our platform, we charge 3% for the regular uh, package, which has features like 99% of uh, the pledge months out there, plus the extra high features. And then we have the pro package that includes everything like Personal support, like you can literally go book a call. We're going to sit down an hour and we're going to fix everything that you need. If you need more than an hour, we're going to be there to help you. We are not hidden. We're not, we are there to help you. Okay. You have the customer support system, the freight management. The, we do document management within Hive for your projects. Like you can upload your invoices. You can upload, we have a CRM. We have everything that you need to computerize your business and more features. So the more advanced features are all at the 4% within the Hive system. Yeah. Other than that, the freight consolidation service, it is free. And now it sounds crazy, but it is because we are also always shipping constantly. So we will definitely save money by not shipping alone pallets. We're going to consolidate with you. We're going to consolidate with other buckets. So everyone that goes into a container already saves money. So there's mm -hmm. no charge for that. Just talk to us when you have an idea about your cargo ready date, and then we can figure out a way to transfer it from China to US, EU, and Canada, or Australia, yeah. depends. Uh, Australia is a little bit more difficult because unless you have a high volume, it is not cost-effective. Right. Now, other than that, we do have uh, a consulting uh, service package that uh, depends on your needs, where we can take you through pieces that you are missing from every step of your crowdfunding journey. That starts from pre-campaign, from uh, creating the, uh, the Kickstarter campaign page, to finding out what the right price for your pledge is, what the manufacturing help you shop for manufacturers, get prices for them, fulfillment, finding the correct hubs, what works best for your project. Now, oh, this is very, it's very flexible because every project is different. Every creator has a completely different needs. 
So the all-in package is uh, $2,000. Nobody does the all-in package. We just have it there as a reference. <laughs> you can't see what it is. Unless you are like a new creator that has only designed a game, has no idea what to do with that. And then again, we have to onboard you for this uh, process. Or usually what uh, other happens is the $750 uh, fulfillment uh, consulting where uh, new creators will do that with us once because we pass you all this knowledge on how to fulfill a project. Once you have done it once, you will not need that again. You already mm-hmm. have the knowledge. It's repeat, repeat. You should view it as a seminar on how, <laughs> on what do I do? What, what do I do to market my game? And uh, after manufacturing, how do I take it from China and deliver it to every backer in the world? So that's a process that we have lost thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars the first time we did uh, a campaign. <laughs> And uh, yes, we we give that for seven hundred and fifty. And uh, at seven hundred and fifty, we actually manage the entire process. You are there on the side, learning, mm-hmm. asking, making choices. But you have us to. We don't just give you the book and then you go press the buttons. We even press the buttons for you. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Great. Yeah. yeah. Now, now oh, in ahead, the show no. notes, we will have a, a link where you know people can sign up with you. Um, when people fill out. The form through the crowdfunding nerds portal. What's the what does that oh, process look uh, like? What, what's uh, it? Benefit is that uh, the people that uh, are through the crowdfunding nerds they get the pro package, but at the three percent uh, rate. So you get the. So they're going to save twenty five percent on their yes. on their okay. fees. It's a three percent just to give you a perspective. Uh, Kickstarter charges five percent, so that's the number you compare. Right. Bucket kit charges three point five percent and the campaign fee. So that is your. Yeah. I paid uh, four thousand seven hundred dollars to yes. Bucket Kit. I actually and paid twenty seven thousand dollars to Bucket Kit for all that they did, <laughs> and I was very very sad. Uh, yep. for, uh, at the results, you would um, have you would have easily saved about fifteen thousand dollars just by coming with us. Yeah. And then when someone fills out that form, Constantinos, what, what's the next steps? Do they book a call with someone? Do they get access to they the They get by? access what's... to the platform and just follow the on-screen uh, instructions. Try to onboard your project. And whenever you have a problem, there is clear links how you can uh, email us or book a call with us. And we can help you if you have any issues. Yeah, that vid- video chatting with you was really, really useful. Um, you know, one of the concerns that... I had was like, how available are you to, to, to do this? And every single time I reached out was, it was, I always was able to get, to get you on. And, and, uh, that's, that's a real blessing. I think that as you grow that you'll, that your personal time is going to become less and less. Well, right. I, but, I'm not one person. So we have other people. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I got to deal with Anna, right. Yeah. Anna. Um, and she was awesome too. Very helpful support. Yeah. Um, and, so yeah, it was it was uh, generally a fantastic experience with me. I thought, you know, originally one of the most important factors to choosing GameFound versus Kickstarter was, do I get to keep using Hive? And um, that was it was a very meaningful, um, you know, it moved the needle. It legit moved the needle. So um, yeah, and for everybody listening to this podcast, you know, go to crowdfundingnerds.com/hive. Crowdfundingnerds.com/hive, as in Beehive. You know, just hive. Yes. Uh, yeah, crowdfundingnerds.com slash hive. You'll get to the, the, uh, the, you know, it's, it's like in a, I don't know, like a landing page that you can get in contact with, with Constantinos and the hive interactive team. And, um, you know, just get, in essence, just get your inquiries started. I mean, the way that I look at it, every single customer, and I've referred, you know, I, I don't know, a dozen people, uh, to you thus far. Uh, but, Everyone that I refer, I don't say, oh, you, you know, like, I mean, I personally feel like you have to use Hive. It's that good, you know, but um, I always tell people, look, you know, compare, like, do, do your research, do your work, figure out, you know, if this is the right path for you and that kind of thing. But what you have to do is you have to meet with Constantinos, just hop on a video call and ask him questions and, and, and that kind of thing. That is going to be, in my opinion, a very important uh, first step to this process. So, um, uh, Anyway, that's uh, I guess that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Um, uh, and, and now, Constantinos, how can people get in contact with you? Um, you know what? What is uh, you know what? What's your website? I mean, I know we've got crowdfundingers.com slash hive where they can save twenty five percent and 
whatnot, which I hope that they all do that. But um, I mean, if somebody said, yeah, I heard about you on crowdfunding nerds and just contacts uh, you the normal way, that's probably fine too. Go to hiveinteractive.net, click the contact us, and they're going to find all the information. Awesome. They can either send us a message or book an online call so we can talk. Also on the website and on the services, you're going to find descriptions and information about everything you need to do as a creator. And that's like the difference is that uh, we have a lot of text. If you are a new creator, you need to read a lot. You need to be prepared. There is a lot of work that you have to do. Not everybody can do this for you. So read and whatever you are missing, you will need at least what we have on the website. So whatever from these items you're missing, contact us to fill in the blanks. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, well, it's been a real pleasure. I mean, I I could probably talk to you uh, to or just about this experience for forever, but I find it um, infinitely valuable that you are uh, not just a, a creator, but a very well established creator um, that knows what you need and that you built a platform to help others that are in a similar situation. Just you're a lot further ahead than, than I am, than others are, you know, with 19 campaigns that are, that are almost completed. Right. Um, so, um, anyway, I think that it's, um, it's fantastic, you know, so you definitely are doing a lot right that I, I don't want to, I don't want to reinvent the wheel myself. That's, that's the bottom line. Like I'm here to make things and to make them awesome and to find a way to get them into the hands of the end consumer. I'm not here to, become an expert in logistics. I'm not here to become an expert in, you know, I don't know, Excel spreadsheets and and that kind of thing. Like I need people that'll do that. And I need people that will help me from making grave mistakes. And you are that for me. And I know that um, many listening to this will, will really benefit uh, from, from that as well. So thank you so much for joining us, Constantinos. Yeah. Anything else you want to leave us with before, before we split? Nope. I think we covered pretty much everything. We bought okay. people enough. Stop awesome. <laughs> uh, very good. All right. So we're going to have Robot Richard send us on out. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. For more resources, articles, and to listen to past podcasts, please visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com. And if you have a crowdfunding question, we also have a page on our site where you can send a message directly to us. Please visit crowdfundingnerds.com forward slash question. And if your question is a great question, we may include it in a future podcast. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next week. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.